Creative Brain Candy by creators for creators. Yeah, well, cheers to Bernie Madoff, man. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself or enjoy yourself? Sell. Dude, did you see that a couple weeks ago he was like, he was on Suicide Watch or something? Good. Yeah. I have no sympathy for that guy. I don't. Throw right. him under the jail. I don't care if he does have cancer. He doesn't get to no no, way. die in there. Screw the, that. The, the, the intent of your sentence was that you die, was that he die in prison. I think we should honor that because he hurt a lot of people. And so um, up there with um, up there with the other entertaining news, you know, um, Harvey Weinstein has coronavirus. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Is he really? Apparently, yeah. Well, freaking... throw him under the jail, too. Cheers to that, man. Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now, how does this much money move every single day, and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkonomics, two bartenders, who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business, are going to sit down and drink to the global economy, and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. Dude, welcome back to Drunkenomics, man. I hope you guys are doing well, because uh, if you've made it through this week and you haven't defaulted on any loans, congratulations and get on you, because I'm not going to lie, man. Times are tough. Times are tough, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, we have to count our blessings. We have to realize that scotch still tastes amazing. My man Tim and Aussie, I don't know what you guys drink in Australia. A little bit of VB, I think. What's VB? Victoria Bitter. Yeah. And Bundaberg Rum. I don't These are the two I've no, had. I don't even know what those things are, but is that, what really, is that really what Aussies drink, man? Well, they don't drink Fosters, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Whatever you drink, it still tastes delicious. I'm drinking scotch right now. and uh, hey, As long as you can, to my, to my friends down under, as long as you keep yourself in Tim Tams, you're doing all right. Tim, we appreciate you so much, man. Seriously. But yeah. Um, at the end of the day, like I was saying, you just gotta stay positive and count your blessings, I guess. Even though Dow futures are already down, so we're talking on a Sunday, and Dow futures are already down. Yeah, they hit the limit down yeah. too. So if you don't know this, every time futures are down five percent, it's like bam. Yeah. If so, the, so there's a limit up, a limit down on futures trading. Essentially mm-hmm. saying that you can't trade for, in this case, I think it's five percent both ways, but you can't trade a security for either greater than the limit up. Or less than the limit down, five percent of the closing value the previous day. It's to, wait, prevent, so, it's to prevent a run when the markets are closed. Wait, so if futures go up five percent, mm-hmm. it stops still. Yeah, there's a limit up as well. It's to prevent that kind of after hours. Uh-huh. It's to prevent someone from trying to corner the market or someone trying to destroy a market while the trade floor is closed and no one's paying attention, yeah. right? So basically what happened today is Dow futures have sunk by five percent which i think total out to 1200 points or something like that or whatever it was i didn't see it it's 900 um, points okay 900 points yeah because 900 points is five percent now that's to me even that's insane but um they've hit their limit down and the reason why is because the senate couldn't unify and pass this fiscal stimulus bill granted it wasn't a perfect bill you uh, have you have your opinions on it james i, I know i liked it to an extent it meant well, but it didn't. If you want to go ahead and explain your so point of view, go the ahead. The premise of, I think, what the Senate bill was saying is that there'd be one $1,200 check to every adult American, which had a phase-out that began at $75,000 and was eliminated at $99,000 of adjusted gross income. But there was some language in it 
um, this is the bill that Mitch McConnell was involved in, so we'll call it the McConnell draft. There was some language that suggested that if you had a very small tax liability or no tax liability, that is to say, if you're someone who received a refund on an annual basis, specifically I would imagine last year, or you pay very small amount of um, federal tax, that instead of a $1,200 check, you'd only receive a $600 check, and it would be a one-off. So it's it's very much Mitch McConnell, um, well, my- for lack of a better term, really not helping the people who really need it. Yeah, well, uh, not helping the working poor. He's not also. He's also not helping the rich either. No, he's not but the, helping rich, but the rich don't need help. Yeah, he, well, he, essentially, it's not helping anybody. I understand well, what he's. It's, it's ignoring the people who need it most. Yeah, and, well, at the same time, also blocking out the people who don't need it. Yeah, so this is this is kind of like this is kind of where you and I differ a little bit because I feel like it meant well. Um, he. I think if you got rid of all the parameters, I think the whether, cap. I think the cap is correct. I don't think the floor okay, so, is correct. I so think the floor is where the floor was kind of like a way of. I think his way of punishing people that defaulted on tax payments or didn't pay their taxes. Or no, that, I think it's just his way of punishing the poor, aka the people that don't pay their taxes on time or the people that need that money. The wealthy are more often likely to not pay their taxes on time. Well, but the wealthy people also bear about half the tax burden. Sure. So. But- the, the problem is I'm not, that I'm, not, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying because I if, if his argument is that I'm only want to help the people that pay taxes, then he's ignoring the fact that that's not the problem we're currently dealing with. The problem we're currently dealing with is that the economy is frozen. Oh, totally. Well, if you give money to the extremely wealthy, they invest They're it. Invest you give it. money to the middle class, probably invest it. You give money to the poor. And they're going to spend it. They might pay down debt, but they're probably going to spend it and consume with it at least a portion of it, or a greater portion than the middle class and the wealthy will. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to jumpstart here. We need consumption because consumption has dropped drastically, as yeah. we can attest. And we need we need this consumption to come back up because in the United States, consumption know, in an average economy, consumption is two thirds of your GDP. Yeah, and we we said this last week. It's like if consumption slows down, what happens is all the local businesses, like for instance, a bar. If consumption completely stops at this bar, now this bar can't turn around and pay off their loans. So now there's a bank out there that's missing out on these payments that put forward a lot of money to get this bar run up and running. Now they now now those loans are defaulted on. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there's a real estate company that owns a lot that the bar is paying rent to. They're out of money. So sure. this, and that's, the slowdown yeah. in consumption spills over like that. Like now that's the that's the corporate ripple up. The ripple out, though, I think, and the more concerning part is the bar lays off its bartenders, well, and then the bartenders don't have an income, so yeah. they can't spend, so they can't consume now because they don't have income. And now these bartenders uh, or the staff of this bar might also find themselves being evicted. Now, that's not going to be the case currently because evictions and foreclosures have been frozen mm-hmm. um, by the administration. Which, but which, let's be real here. That's a good move. Good thing. Good it's, a, it's, a, it's a solid move. It's, it's the correct move. Mm-hmm. It's a stopgap measure. But it's a but it's yeah. the correct one, I think. But it's when you have unemployment starting to materialize out of this lack of consumption. That's the real problem. Yeah, because that's the one that and has the serious role. Yeah. Effects. So, like you said, you know, there's there's the ripple out effect. You know, it's kind of like last week when you're talking about Henry Ford paying his employees well, mm-hmm. right? So, if a bar closes down and lays off all of its employees, now the economy is missing out on X amount of consumers. Absolutely. Because those guys have to live paycheck to paycheck now. If they have a paycheck, which is exactly. You know, anytime there's a recession or a slowdown in the economy, what people don't realize is that it doesn't start from the top and trickle down. Anytime there's a slowdown or recession, it starts at the bottom and it trickles back up to the top. 
And that's kind of the sad thing about the economic phase that we're in right now is the wealthy people aren't going to be hurting as much. At least if they are hurting, they won't feel it until after all the poorer people have felt it first. And that's just a really sad thing to really consider. But essentially, that's just the supply chain of, of the economy. That's Kane, just, Keynes would have called them the animal spirits. Yeah. And I'm not saying capitalism is wrong because of this, but that's just the way it always well, works. Well, what we can say is that this is the first time... So economic theory has never considered the possibility that you might actually see uh, a global economic stop, like stoppage. That's that's something that's never been considered. Mm-hmm. And when we see like the kind of freeze that we're seeing in the US and in Europe, and then we saw in China, these are things that historically we've only ever seen in fragile economies of essentially failed states. So what does that mean? So if it hits if it hits a, f- a fragile economy, what ha- what generally happens to them? Well, generally, we, well, absolute chaos. You see, you see just absolute market failure. Kind of you like just, Venezuela, it, or? I wouldn't know. Mm, there's a lot of things going on there, so that might be a little more complex. I would say it'd be more like Somalia. Okay, well, in the yeah, in well, the late that's... 80s, early 90s, when it devol- a devolution into civil war. Well, they made so many moves out of that one. So, well, I know we got to enjoy Black Hawk Down. Excellent movie, yeah. But yeah, that's what so that's what we see in terms of, of like a failed state. There, it's never happened in an economy the size of China, the United States, or of Europe. And the fact that it's happened, or is happening in all three right now. There's well, no there's no economic theory, you know, there are there are economic PhDs that are going to their dissertation all their dissertations are going to be based on this. They're going to be well, there's, I mean, there's going to be a generation of PhDs who write Well, think about, about all the dissertations that have been on 2008. Absolutely, but there's this is gonna, but this is going to be so much more. Like at least 2008 was based on a liquidity crisis and a debt crisis. There were there were yeah, market but, but, reasons. But, but, it was it was a market problem with market solutions. Yeah, but even now, this one is a medical problem with market issues. Yeah, no, because now like this medical issue has put us mm-hmm. in a liquidity crisis. Not really, because I feel like a lot still of people. Still not. I wouldn't. I still, I still wouldn't say like, it's liquidity. I still don't, yeah, I agree. Because there's but no there, gap there, in the market. There's, there's always a, debt a buyer. Crisis. Can we at least agree there's a debt crisis? Certain industries, absolutely. Or okay, if there's not a debt crisis, there's a credit crisis. I don't it's think one of the, it's one or the other. Well, I don't think there's a credit. I don't think there's a credit crisis. Well, I mean, there might be a credit crisis in that there's too much credit. Okay, so that's or there's what going to be too much credit. Well, I think there's going to be just too many defaults. You know, and I think and that's what not, and that's what Man, and that's what Mnuchin and and you know I'm not a huge fan of the guy, but yeah, at least well, Mnuchin came out. I think I think Mnuchin. I think with what he with the I with the hand he's been dealt, Mnuchin is is doing an awesome job. I think he's finally been he finally has a crisis um, that allows him to stop being. Um, the, the sock puppet, the sock puppet, as you've as you've used the. Yeah. He's finally allowed to kind of treat the bailiwick as his own, yeah. and um, he's come up with a solution. I think it's the correct one. That doesn't mean I think it. I mean, it still cre- it creates a whole new number of problems that I worry about. Yeah, but but we, those we, are but things that, we can worry about later. Yeah, and there's no way of knowing whether because we we've never seen anything like this. So there's no way no. of knowing if anything exactly we've done right. If anything we're doing right now is actually going to work. Correct. And no, this, this is guy. Essentially, I think the Fed fired off the credits, uh, fired off low credit too soon. Well, I, th- it's I not, think not. It's not that. So the the issue that becomes now, we don't need more debt in in the economy. We don't. Or access to more credit, which credit essentially is. We call it credit, but it really is. It's access to the creation of more debt. Yeah. Um. We don't need that. What we need is. A stabilizing hand that will convince people that continuing to consume is okay, and I mean consume in a in a regular basis, not like we like we were giving you hell for last week. And I swear to God, if you're out there and you're one of the people that bought the soap or all the toilet paper, this is directed at you. 
Don't be an asshole. But <laughs> but when you go out and you start buying in spurts like that instead of kind of a continuous, you end up with with a very with jerks in your market. You end up with with just extreme highs, extreme lows, where it's like, oh, this week everyone bought toilet paper, and for the next three weeks no one buys toilet paper, and you're like, what? Yeah. How do we smooth that? I don't know. And you know, people are pretending like the world's gonna end because of this. Well, it's gonna. I can tell you this: it's gonna at some point. More importantly, yeah, not, is, the, is the human is human existence going to end before the Earth ends? The answer to that is also yes. Um, is it going to be because of this illness? Probably not. Unless that's what I'm saying. Society is, actually you know, breaks down. Whether or not humanity ends before the world ends, I don't know. Um, no, the answer is yes. Okay, well, that's all theoretical. But anyways, I mean, um, no, there's a there's a lifespan on Sol, which is our star, and when that lifespan's up, Earth will be destroyed. My, my plan. So, my my point is, it's. People are reacting to this coronavirus like it's the coming of the second coming of Jesus Christ. You know, <laughs> well, well, except except there's a lot. Well, there's a lot less celebrating. I imagine there'd be more celebrating if it was Jesus. No. Well, as as someone that is a Christian or does his very best to be a Christian or whatever, I don't know, whatever. I'm I'm, a, I'm not a very I'm a practicing Christian essentially. But anyways, uh, as someone that is that, it's like, dude, everybody's acting like Jesus is coming back already, and you know. It, that day is not supposed to be a good day for, for no. planet Earth. That's well, supposed to be like yeah, a... Yeah, sounding of trumpets, breaking of seals yeah, and such. Yeah, and water turning into blood, stuff like Ooh, that. Ooh, that's not a good day. Yeah. Um, no, I've, uh, I've, I've read a lot of the source material, and um, we've, we've gone back and forth, and obviously. But my view is, if you find solace in it, absolutely yeah. um, The point is, that, I'm not but... trying to change anyone's minds, but I just... Like, I don't understand this reaction to the coronavirus as if it's the end of the world. Um, is it the end of the world? No. It's 20 times, like I said, we've talked about this past, the virus is 20 times more deadly to 30 times more deadly than the flu. No, I, I thought it was less deadly, less deadly than the flu. No, the flu kills about one-tenth of a percent. This kills between 2 and 4%. Oh, so gotcha. it's like I said, but what we think it's going to be 20 and 30, Italy is kind of is where we're seeing that really high number. Italy has a very elderly population, and they made and some everybody there choices. smokes cigarettes? I wouldn't go that far, but if I If you mean, smoke cigarettes, you, you have a way higher chance of dying. Absolutely. Well, if you have... Uh, if you're immunocompromised or you have cardiovascular issues, yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's a, a, this, 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 this is a this virus is a does seem to target the lungs. It's it a respiratory does, disease, yeah. so. So yes, and so that's that's true. I think um, it's about twice as contagious as the flu, and it's twenty times to thirty times more deadly. Um, by best guess, obviously, in a year or two, we'll have a much better understanding of that. Yeah, by then we'll probably have a vaccine too, but... I'm not yeah. entirely convinced that will be the case. And if we do, it'll be a vaccine similar to the current flu shot. It will um, help. Um, it'll kind of wake your immune system up to a portion of it. But if it starts to mutate every year in the same way the flu does, and it might well, not because so, it's but, an but animal so far transmission. But so far what we've seen is like... The more it spreads, the more the more times the virus reproduces, the less lethal and deadly and damaging it is. That's not. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's what I've seen. What I've seen is that China has reported some numbers, and it took them about eight weeks under. Yeah, well, whenever that happens, that's always kind of a. Well, know. like I said, we that we can trust their numbers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we go. can. I well believe. Said. I believe that. I believe that their numbers. I don't believe that they've inflated their numbers. Let's put it that way. I do believe they may have underreported their yeah. deaths and their confirmed infections. That being said, I base that on the fact that I don't trust any kind of government media source, which is odd because I do trust the BBC. Well, either way, I mean, because, like, dude, I just don't understand how we got to this point. 
Um, well, we we have a virus that's contagious. I, I know. I, okay, I, I know. I know. I, I, mean, I, I know I how we got to that I, point. I know how we got to this point in that sense. It's just well, the answers. I suppose in the end, the answers feckless yeah, leadership. But I, I just you know, to me, I just think the rest of the population, and I'm guilty of this too. Like we've been too distracted. We've been so distracted for so long, and we're still distracted. We're still sure. You know, uh, this is a good time to grab another bottle of scotch. Absolutely, but, grab it. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't know. I just think we've been too distracted for so long, you know, and now we're still distracted because a lot of the things that news outlets and media outlets are reporting on is Donald Trump is calling this the Chinese virus. And I'm as a Chinese person, I just want you to know, I don't care about that headline. To me, it's it means nothing. What I care about is uh, what's going to happen to interest rates. What's going to happen to the government? OK, that's enough. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's going to happen to inflation? I don't care if Donald Trump says this is the Chinese virus. And, you know, the crazy thing, too, is this week a lot of people have come up to me and been like, dude, have people been mistreating you because you're an Asian American? I'm like, no. As a matter of fact, the opposite has happened. The amount of They've been mistreating him because he's an idiot. Yes. They mean, no, no one mistreats me because I'm an Asian American. People mistreat me because I'm stupid. They mistreat him because he deserves it. Yes, because I do stupid stuff. <laughs> And I'm cheers. And I'm, and I'm a dick. I'm really mean to he a lot is a of dick. people. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I said very many nice things to James, and you know why he even is willing to sit here with me is a miracle. It's because but, it's a good time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and scotch tastes amazing. That's true. But to me, I just like I don't understand why. Like, why are we paying attention to what the government's going to do now? It, it. Why do we? Why do we have to get to this point where? You know, there are no sports on TV, so we're not distracted by what's happening in the sporting world, except for NFL free agency, which I love. I love NFL free agency. Well, marble racing. There was what? some marble racing oh, yeah. on ESPN. But that's, you know, The Bachelor or whatever that freaking show is, is done. Whatever Aaron's a Bachelor, that... I can tell you that. Yeah. So, ladies. Cheers. I know there's, I, well, I shouldn't say I know. We suspect, based on some of our data metrics, that there are at least a few of yeah. you. There's at least 13% of you out there. But I just, you know, maybe at most 13%. That might be the more accurate way of yeah, putting no. it. But I just, you know, I'm glad that people are finally paying attention to what the government is going to do because there are no other options. There's no other redemption from this crisis aside from, you know, we've reached the bottom, the end of the supply chain. This is it. You no, know? I don't think we have. I think the supply chain, at least in the United States, is quite resilient and very strong. Well, yeah, well the U.S. supply chain, as far as food and all, all of our other necessities there will be electricity internet and food and medicine and and medicine obviously yeah so the the, the four critical aspects currently are there yeah what, what the issue we're running is so the intent of this episode initially was we were going to talk about supply chain yeah, well, well because what i wanted to talk about initially was you know this it started in china Yep. It spilled over to Europe. And it, it, started, over... it started on the supply side of the supply chain. Yeah, it, start, it started in China, and it started and it spilled over to Europe, and it spilled over to the U.S. And if you think about the key players in the global supply chain, it's China, Europe, and the U.S., obviously. Well, you've got, obviously. Some, you've got some major consumers. You've got a major yes, consumer, a major producer, yeah. and some major producers, and usually a, a mix yeah. of the both. And then, you have, um, and then the, only, the only other big component in the supply chain is time, but, you know. You can account for that to an extent. Um, for me, the interesting thing is, if you look at, so this is why I'm not overly concerned with what's happening, not in terms of the virus or not in terms of, of other things, but when I'm not concerned about supply chain in the U.S. is that aside from a lack of uh, truck drivers, uh, commercial truck drivers, yeah. American, the United States supply chain is fine. 
and the grocery stores and all those things they'll be absolutely they'll be gonna, yeah you might you might go in on monday and they may not have everything you're looking for but if you would go on wednesday they're going to be restocking frequently well they said sorry to interrupt you but they said there's still several trucks every day coming to grocery stores absolutely like and and, and the grocery stores are adamant about that like absolutely. We well, okay so the single. general expression is that that i've always heard is that um any community is about 24 away from 24 hours away from the beginning of right, starvation yeah. if the truck doesn't come. A grocery, uh, you often hear people say, "Oh, can you go okay, check Jimmy in?" Okay, Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> <laughs> go on. But you often hear the expression, um, or you'll hear someone say, "Like, oh, can you go check in the back? Can you go check in the back?" Well, at the bar, it makes sense because in the back is where we keep our liquor stock. Mm-hmm. At a grocery store, in the back, yeah, they're gonna have some stuff, but generally speaking. A grocery store keeps its products on its shelves. And the reason it keeps them out there is because I can't sell you something that I've got in the back. Got it on the shelves in the front, I can sell to you. Yeah, and it's not like other retail retail chains as in like clothing. No, where, where, where I've like, got one thing out front where you agree you want that thing so I can bring you six yeah, of it like, or something. Like yeah, the shoe, can I... You know, do you guys do you have, have any size in the back? In the, so yeah, I have one of each size out front, right, and right. I oh, I got yeah, I've got eight of size six and a half or whatever in the back. That's not the case for grocery stores. No, so they if it's not, they're out. trying to sell you a can of something, a, a beef size, some ribs, whatever it is they're trying yeah. to sell you. But they want to show you that specific one, the one you see on the yeah. shelf. So my and my thing is like when it comes to really seeing supply chain in action. I, I'm a big believer in the boots on the ground method, you know, so sure. Pete Najarian, my good friend, yep. uh, options guy on CNBC, coolest dude ever. Um, he's a big fan of the of the boots on the ground method. You know, he kind of adopted that from Peter Lynch, who was one of the greatest. Is, Peter Lynch is a mutual fund guy. I, mm. I think he was a mutual fund guy. One of the greatest mutual fund investors ever. And Warren Buffett was the other. Um, was a, was, well, is WB, a, uh, Warren Buffett's an equity guy. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also like he's very much a boots on the ground guy. Absolutely. You know, like no, he, he, he goes he wants, places and sees how yeah. consumers are behaving there. And the well, actors, he, well, he did. I don't know if he does so much anymore. Yeah, he probably has other people. He's in his 80s. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's allowed to enjoy, enjoy his wealth a little bit. God. Well, he's, allowed, he's allowed to sit in, in his office and have his day reading the paper, which, frankly, yeah. good on but, him. You know, I, early on in Buffett's career, he was very much like, you know, go out to airports and go out to restaurants mm-hmm. and go out to, to malls and grocery stores and all that kind of stuff to see what's going on. Yeah. And when I went to uh, Hy-Vee the other day, mainly to see how the trucks are coming in and everything. And there, I mean, it's, it's business as usual for yeah. imports, if you will. Yeah. It's business for, the, as usual. for the offloading. If anything, yeah. it's more, I mean, they're like, they're busy. And then you, you go into the store and there's crates everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. of, you know, and they're all wrapped up and they're, and there's employees of Hy-Vee unwrapping them and getting them on the shelves. Quickly, exactly. You know? I've got to. Yeah. So I'm seeing that and it's like, okay, yeah, the supply chain is fine. We're 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 okay. Yeah, the the weak link in the United States is that there aren't enough commercial truck drivers. And then on top of that, um, and this predates obviously this current crisis. There were never there weren't enough. There haven't been enough for years. And then you get guys who can drive commercial trucks, but maybe they've been working on the oil fields, and so they've been used to carrying a. Uh, you know, a, a tank, a, a tanker, as opposed to um, a lot of food products or something. But but there are different licensure requirements in order to bring, to, in order to carry food versus carrying crude oil or gasoline to be a tanker versus being a, a product vehicle. So so anywhere um, right now, as far as like product vehicles go, I don't know if this happened federally, but in Nebraska, at in least, Nebraska it is in Nebraska, yeah. the governor here has said like, if you're a truck driver, like we're gonna up the weight limit. For- yeah, he well he's. 
I don't know if he's eliminated it, but he's no. I think he has. He's oh, he, taken, oh, he, he eliminated he's, it. Okay, he's eliminated cool. the weight, the the weight requirements. So yeah. you can now, so now you can drive. So essentially, for Which protection, can be dangerous, but well, no. The main reason we have weight limits are, are, are for protection of roads. The road can take the heavy, I suppose, the heaviest possible vehicle you can drag across it. It might be incredibly damaging. So the reason you have weight restrictions is that you want to be able to say this patch of road only needs to be resurfaced every three years as opposed to every year. Mm-hmm. Now, you're right. The governor has rescinded those weight requirements. He's also waived our regulations so drivers can drive longer than they would otherwise have been allowed to legally. What do you so mean? They don't ha- so usually a driver is told they have to take, they have to stop and rest. They they can only they, they can only oh, gotcha. drive maybe sixteen hours was, a day or twelve hours that's a, a day. Different reason why? Yeah, well, that's safety on the roads. That's just road safety. It's road safety, but also a lot of them were sniffing well, ammonia. Or well, well, they they were doing they were taking caffeine and other things, yeah. to, other stimulants to stay stay awake. But again, that all feeds into road safety. We want safe roads, safe driving. Yeah, well, I don't now want he's, a high he's truck re- driver. So. No, absolutely not. Uh, I don't want to draw a high driver of any kind. Yeah. Um, now there they've reduced. Now the those hour restrictions are gone and the weight restrictions are gone. So now we can. Trucks are being loaded with more material than otherwise they would have been loaded with, and drivers can drive longer yeah. than otherwise. But these are obviously to make up for the fact that the supply chain weaknesses, there aren't enough drivers. Well, and this, you know, I, I think this is a desperation act, too, to kind of keep the supply it's chain get, at it's speed. It's to get product on shelves. Yeah, well, it's a, it, you know, because like I said earlier, time is a key factor in supply chain. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you study supply chain, you study time and the time it takes, tack time. Everybody, well, absolutely. Everybody which is why when you sit here, you learn the, the basic calculus of figuring out where do I put my, I need to supply three different cities that are these distance from each other. Where do I put my yeah. my hub? Yeah. Oh, I put my hub here in the middle of this field and I build rows to the main roads to get there so that it's yeah. equidistant from all three in terms of time, yeah, not yeah. in terms of distance. Yeah, exactly. UPS is one of those companies that, like, they've done such an, UPS, done such an amazing job. Yeah, and FedEx, yeah. They, the reason they're up. There's a reason they're trading those up. Those guys have done such an amazing job. Both of those companies, like, have done such an amazing job yeah. of shortening that tack time, you know? like they, No, yeah. It's, done, it's, we've I, always, you know, you know, we were talking the other day about, like I said, when we were talking about this episode, we were talking about, oh, supply chain, maybe some debt securitization, which I think we're probably not going to no, get to No, we'll say that for another episode. Debt securitization and supply chain are completely different topics. They are, but so it's, we were just, yeah. we just were having some fun yeah. conversations. Um, for me, the interesting thing is, so supply chain guys, so the truck driver, it's kind of been looked down on as a... Um, a socially stigmatized job. Yeah, like in the plumber, same... But, but, but I think... So, so I grew up in Florida, and um, anyone who uh, grew up in Florida between 04, 05, 06, you remember the, the hurricane years, oh, um, yeah. you know, Charlie, Ivan, Gene, I'm missing one, Francis, there we go. We had those hurricanes, and I remember, you know, obviously, aside from spending maybe the first... Of the first maybe two months of um, my junior year of high school, I remember spending, I don't know, six of it at home. Or so, you know, really? just not, yeah, no, not going to school. School was closed. The roads, roads were devastated. We had a hurricane basically every week or two weeks that passed right over Orlando and Winter Park. And so we, you yeah, know, it's kind of like what we're seeing right I, now. I mean, the first one devastated, you know, parts of Southwest Florida, but the rest just would, they would just knock out power, make the roads in, inaccessible. And since we hadn't had a hurricane through Orlando that was strong in years, it brought everything down, all the weak trees. But the thing we learned in Orlando and, you know, I think we can all, everyone who lived there can think, can remember back to this is, you know, no one told their kid, if you learn how to drive a commercial vehicle, you can drive a garbage truck one day. No one said, oh, you can be a garbage truck driver, you can be a garbage man. But I'll tell you, the garbage stacked up. And when it's stacked up like that, you know, you come to realize the janitor in your building, the garbage truck guy who's cleaning it all up, who's picking it up from you, these guys, 
they're stigmatized because it because it's it's considered menial or maybe it smells. Without them, though, they were, well, my you know the city tried to to fight with them and they said no, you're gonna pay for well, all dude. this extra work and the city didn't want to do it and then they finally just they they kind of stopped for a little bit and people went you know what I don't care what they want give it to them you know what we need to deal yeah, with this. you know what's crazy too is like if you look at the job set first of all the pay for garbage people that work in waste disposal yeah pay, the pay for those people is yeah it's not bad and if you look at the job satisfaction rate it's very high. <laughs> You know? Well, I'll tell you, it's, you know, you're doing like, a job where people, people like doing it. Like, they, they, like, I mean, not that, not that they like doing it, but they, but they enjoy the work. And I feel like it's just because most people in that industry are, are, are pretty low maintenance and easy to get along with. I imagine that's probably you know, correct. You know, I met a guy on the golf course not too long ago that was, I mean, it was actually a while ago, worked, worked in waste disposal. Yeah. And this dude was like the funnest guy to ever talk to. Loved his alcohol. Well, to an extent, which, I imagine he's got a pretty solid amount of job security, and that he's got no a great, one, he's got a great job security, great benefits. I mean, the different. Um, I mean, really, kind of thinking about it, like as a kid, everyone growing up. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I was like, there's a time where I was like, oh, being a firefighter could be cool. It's a big truck. It's awesome. Right. And you think about, well, the garbage guy. It's a big truck. Um, yeah. Every, you know, I, and I, I, I've been on the, the only the only time you complain about it is if they don't show up on the right. At, yeah, you know, exactly. Right. If they don't show up at the right time. Yeah. And you know, I. Uh, I'm under the impression that like the most important person that works in any company is the freaking janitor. Absolutely, no, that's, that's what I said. We, we've because we've folks we've talked about this a little. Literally bit. Literally, yeah. by far the most like. Just think about it. If you work at a major office in New York City, if the janitor never showed yeah, up for a day or well, two, well, your trash can can be full. It's fine, or or you can have trash in your trash. You, you have a little be, bit, you know. But how could you be operational if the janitor never showed up? Yeah, I don't understand. Like, there's no, no. way. There's no way. And and, and the janitor, it's. You know, we sit here and we say it's not a skilled position. It's certainly blue collar. Yeah. Well, but, that's why when I when I was working, but there's at, still, but the, you know, there's still a skill to it. It's like the guy who does drywall. Like, oh you know, well, there's I there's could, a science to that. Yeah. Well, but there's also a there's a science to being a janitor as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I could do it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want for what they're getting paid. I wouldn't want to. But yeah. there's there's a skill there. There's uh there's a science to to getting it done. There's a there's an I shouldn't say science. There's an art to doing it well and efficient. I feel like I feel bad that those people are just so socially stigmatized. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it, it kind of bothers me. It bothers me too, dude. That's why when I was that's why when I was I shouldn't say it kind of bothers me. No, it it does bother. It bothers me. me the it way it bothers me quite a bit when people look upon plumbers, people that work in waste disposal, people that do. Electricians, like, electricians. Oh, they work with their hands. Well, so does a surgeon. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, so like you know, I I work a blue collar job. We both. Yeah, we both do. Yeah. Well, with with, with uh, to be fair, with yeah, aims to not. But, you know, but I work a blue collar job with Dave. You do. Right? Yeah. You. Yeah. So you I grind. Are, so I. So I have a, have another side gig where I grind concrete. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoy the work a lot. It's not boring. You work with your hands. But you get to appreciate at the end, of, like at the end of like a job. When we finish. You see what you've dude, done. When we finish because, like, dude, I've had to freaking. Ryan sticking to square feet of concrete before. And it's That's like, rough. Oh, yeah. It's literally like, oh my gosh, there's still like, and as you're grinding the concrete, it's like, oh my gosh, there's still this much left. There's still this much. To do. Like, you look back at like all the stuff you have to do, and you're like, oh my God, there's still so much concrete left to grind. But then mm-hmm. you finally finish it, your hands are freaking shaking and everything. And it's like, God, you know, I, I did that. You know, it, it's, it's a good feeling, but the whole time you're not bored. It's not. Like yeah, it, well, it, you, it, it, to me, it beats sitting in front of a computer reading all day. Sure, which I've and, done and, that too, and I, you know, yep. <laughs> no, but that's the reason why when I was at CNBC, I had Mike, I had people from the Mike Rowe Foundation come on. I had Mike Rowe himself come on. I booked Mike Rowe 
that's my claim to fame at CNBC is I booked Mike Rowe. You know, he came on to talk about those blue collar jobs that, you know, people can still make absolutely. a lot of money doing no, it's, it's, for it's, some reason they're frowned upon. Absolutely right. But anyways, um, I don't know. I'm all, I'm about all out of Scott, so I'm getting ready to wrap this thing up. I don't know anymore what to say as far as outlook goes because here's what I know, can say: you live this week. We we live this we're, week. We're, we're gonna it's, live this together, and you're gonna hear this on a Wednesday. You're gonna hear this Wednesday or Thursday, depending on, on where you are in the world. We're recording this on Sunday night. I think that if the Senate, if they can't find a compromise and a decent plan somewhere between Mitch McConnell's and Mitch McConnell's plan has a little bit of merit. It should have a cap. The fact that he wants to put a floor on it too, it really screams out that he doesn't understand economics. And well, he's probably been in office too well, long. Well, this is the thing, is if you gave out $1,200 to everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, not like, children. So obviously if you're, okay, yeah, if you're well, a child, well, it's well, only well, $500 to whoever your parent is. Yeah, so the, the plan was it's you, if, if, you have, if you have three dependents, if you claim three dependents. You get $1,500 extra. Yeah, you get 500 each if you have that adjusted gross income. If the AGI within the right, relevant yeah. range, yes. So, you know, my thing is like, I, I, don't see the, I don't see the big deal in giving everybody. I mean, it's, it's, it, it'll cost about $500 billion. No, it'll cost about $2 trillion. Well, the figure that they showed me, that someone showed me was $500 billion, I'm like, it seems really low. So well, I agree. I, I, think, I think it'll cost about $2 trillion. I'm just saying, when I read the article, I saw $500 billion. I'm like, that sounds well, it's, really Well, okay, so in the low. United States, we have, we have a current popular, as of the last sentence, not the census that's currently being conducted, but the last sentence, the census, wow. There are 320 million people living in the United States. 333. 320 was the last it. number I saw. Either way, 150, so, okay, let's say 160 million people get. Let's say, let's, I was going to say, let's assume uh, 320 million, maybe 30 million of those are not American citizens. Therefore, uh, for better or worse, based on my reading of this, aren't eligible for anything. Because okay. there's no social security yeah. number there. Yep. Um, let's say. And what about uh, the homeless people? Like, if you're homeless, if they, you have... if they have social security numbers. Now, the question becomes how do you get it to them because they don't have addresses don't have to mail address, a check yeah. to? So that creates a whole different problem. But if we assume, as we shouldn't, the homeless population is small and can be ignored yeah. for the main purposes of this because they're not also consuming all that much. So it's, right. it's not. Like I said it, this is. We're not trying gonna, to be insensitive to homeless no, people. No, they're, they're simply going to be overlooked out of, nece- out of necessity. So, like I said, if maybe 30 million people are foreign, we have 290 million people. Let's assume that of the 290 million people in the United States that are U.S. citizens, that at any given time— Let's uh, say there's 8 million homeless people. Oh, I wasn't even going to go that far. I was actually going to ignore them as a part that needs to be subtracted from this number. But that, let's just say a third of that population at tw- of that 290 million— are under the age of 18. Okay. Chances are they're under the age of 20, but we can we can do a, just a ballpark estimate because if you're under 18, you're being claimed by someone else, so you're $500 in someone else's check. So 290 divided by three times two, so by two thirds, is about 200 million. It's gonna be less, it'll be a little less than 200 million, but 200 million times $1,000, well, it's two trillion, two trillion, dude. But I think it's going to be a lot less than that because I think I think the amount of Americans that are actually going to get this check is about well, eight. sure, sure. And it's my, about, and, I, I don't and think I don't think I don't think up to and my calculation. I don't even think hundred million. I don't even think hundred million Americans are going to get this check. Uh, I think you. I think no. I think, be, I think it's going to be about half Americans are going to get this check. But in the end, all I'm saying is, and the reason I say that is because I think I think it's ex- going to be like I think eighty about. 
80 to 100 million Americans, I think, are going to get a check, is what I'm saying. I'd say it's probably about 140 million. I can tell you my parents aren't going to get a yeah, check. Yeah, my parents are because my parents don't make any money. I suppose actually my, my mom and my sister might get a check because they're retired. So I don't know how they're going to. Yeah, but I, I know think, my dad won't. Um, I, think if, I think if you're retired, you just get. Like you just keep getting your retirement benefits unless no, you course. unless you work. As no, but they're, but they're not working. And so the question is, but go. but they have based on what my stepdad did for you know portfolio management, you know has has money set aside for their retirement. So he he does have income. He does have a tax. Life. He's he's doing everything he can to avoid it, as well. You should. Yeah. Well. Um. You know, my mom shuttered her practice a few years ago. Based on the income requirements, my mom's going to be able to is going to get the check no matter what because she I know she's not working privately in practice anymore. She's simply she's doing she's renting time in a space just to go work because so she doesn't lose her mind, which yeah. is you know obviously you don't want a psychiatrist losing their mind because that's, well, and that's what's, how you get a Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. And I, I'd hate yeah, to see yeah. my mother pulling one of those because no, she's, I, I, she's I, not I, a would, very, I would I would hate to see that too. Terrible, would, she'd be a terrible Anthony Hopkins. I, I, I would hate to see that too. I you know the last thing I want is to. See someone else cut Ray Liotta's Ray Liotta skull off. Yeah, did, scroll did you, open and serve his own brain. Did you ever see? Did you see the second? Oh, the second one, dude. Because uh-huh. Science of the Lambs, everybody's seen that one. It's a great movie. The second one, man, that was yeah. like, what the? Yeah, when, it, when it's open and he's dude, serving and he's him his serving, own brain. Yeah, he's yeah. eating like Ray Liotta's eating his own brain. It's like, oh my god, dude. fantastic acting, Ray. Yeah, by the way, dude. Yeah, if you're listening, if you're not, also fantastic acting. Who? Ray Liotta. Ray, I, dude. Ray, also Anthony Hopkins, well, sir. I, Sir Anthony Hopkins, man, he got knighted. Dude, okay, so this is the thing, man. So Ray Liotta, Ray, I, I'm a huge fan oh, of Ray Goodfellas, Liotta. Dude, because you know my all-time favorite movie. It's Goodfellas. Yeah, I was going to say, it's Goodfellas or Casino, and I know it's Goodfellas. No, it's, good, no, it's Goodfellas. Because Ray Liotta is the, Ray Liotta's the missing piece. Casino, it's still Al, um, not it's Al, still Al, 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 Al. No, it's still uh, Robert De Niro it's and Joe Pesci. still Robert Pesci. De Niro and Joe Pesci. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm a big Martin Scorsese fan. If anyone knows me, knows, and people that know me, I'm like the CrossFit guy that instead of CrossFit, if you take away CrossFit and you replace it with like Pink Floyd or Martin Scorsese, yeah, that's, that's it's me. it's re- it's religious I, for him. It's very concerning. Yes, I love Pink Floyd and I love Martin Scorsese. <laughs> so um, it's gonna be funny when we put one of these out where it's just like the like it's not even gonna be an episode. It's just gonna be like random talks we've like had on subjects. It's I know, just, just, like, just hey, random stuff. Here's, here's these guys randomly talking about yeah, movies, yeah, or, or sports or whatever it is. Cause yeah, like, like I said earlier, man, we got distracted. We're, we're distracted by NFL free agency. But I've, I've been paying attention to all of that. I've well, loved, really not, though, because I... I well, love, you are. I love hey, NFL Can we all just admit I was... I called it when I said that um, if if Brady's going anywhere, he's no, going to Tampa. No, I said that. For the receiver court. But we agree. We, I, but yeah, because but I, I told you that. Well, my, my, you, told me, you told me that's where the best receivers were. And I said, well, he's going to go there. Because I said... My predi- I said, if anyone, it's going to be right. Them. Well, my prediction was Tom Brady is going to go to three, like one of three different places. Mm-hmm. It was, it was uh, Tampa, Tampa, Indy, and and I forget what the third one was. And I'm beating my. It wasn't Chicago, but it was no. It wasn't Detroit. Gosh, no, it wasn't. No, it was, it definitely wasn't. But I know we talked about it, and I and we, we were talking about it, and and I said, fine. Who has the most receivers? And I said Tampa. And you said Tampa. And I said that he's going to Tampa. Tampa is by far the best receiving core in the NFL. They do, and they've also got. And the best part is. You get you get um, Brady in, fine. You sign him for three. I don't know how long his contract Dude, is, but, the, but you yeah. sign him for three years. Maybe he only plays. Well, he signed he signed for, he signed for two years. He signed for two at twenty three million, right? Twenty twenty five apiece, fully fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed. Fine. He Plus, may, and there's incentives. Can you believe that? Yeah, but you know why? It's because he's he Tom might, Brady. Well, he's Tom Brady, obviously, but he but he maybe takes 
takes a hundred snaps over the two years. No, dude, I guarantee. I, dude. Oh, he's gonna no, he's gonna take more than one snap. He's gonna take more than hundred snaps. I'm saying is your money is worth is if he only takes a hundred in game, but if he's there to tell Winston. Stop slinging the ball like that. You can run. I can't no, I run. You gonna, can I, run. My prediction. Well, he's got, well, he's got voice is, in the game. My prediction is is he's going to start next year. I don't think years. he'll start. I think he will. Because you, 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 okay, if, he you, might start, but he won't play more than three quarters in a game. This this is my thing. Is and Here's, I'm, I'll say this. I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan. This is by the way. This is all staying in because I I want I want people to know that I, I'm okay. a such I'm such a big NFL nerd. All right. But, uh, okay, I'm a rugby guy. Yeah. Yeah, and if Tim, I, I'm a Blues fan. I'm a Blues fan. It's so bad, isn't it, Tim? Yeah. I'm also an All Blacks fan, but of course I am. I'm a Kiwi. Yeah, you love Tim, all. Do you hate yeah, us you now? love all. Bla- you love the All Blacks. You wearing, it, it, when you're not working, you're wearing a, you're wearing an All Blacks yeah. jersey. Well, I also have a silver fern tattooed on my leg yeah. right here. Anyways, <laughs> Tom Brady, man, my prediction is he starts for the next two years. But if you look at what he did with New England this last year. He didn't have that bad of a year. A lot of a lot of people. No, he had a good year. He had, a, he had an okay year. He didn't have a good year. He didn't have well, a bad year. But but that's because he lost Gronk. His offensive line got a lot weaker. And uh, if you put him if you put him in the same situation as Tampa Bay, it's like, dude, Tampa Bay's receiving core is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. If you put him if you put him in that situation, you know, and he and he can he still has a deep ball. As long as the play he called is is something that is communicated well to the receivers, his is, is, is still really accurate. And Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, Mike Evans, I think is like one of the best receivers in the NFL that no one talks about. And it's crazy because like both of they're, they're number one and two receivers, top yeah. five in the yeah. NFL last year. Like I said, you've got the NFL stats, I've got the rugby stats, and um, between that, we should be able to cover at least. A certain amount of the globe, sportually, whatever, sport, athletically, in terms I don't of sports. know. And I played college <laughs> golf, so you know I'm awesome. I also, and I played college and club rugby. So. Yeah, well, screw rugby. Aww. Do people like you because you, you're good at rugby? No, but people like me literally only because I'm good at. That's golf. not the only reason they like me, but I can tell you that rugby is the fastest growing team sport in the United States. Yeah, well, also, that's, it's, that's because, also golf, it's that's because golf, golf isn't a team sport. Okay. <laughs> Maybe so. Anyways, we need to wrap this up. We should. Because, uh, oh, I'm running this. very late. Yeah. yeah, dude, I'm at, we've been talking forever, as we always do, dude. And it's we didn't we're even a talk about time. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about economics this time. We talked about freaking sports and a little bit of sports. I'll be honest, chain. there's a lot of economics. And sp- Let's put it this way I knew that the economy was going to, I knew the economy was in trouble and I knew that the markets were going to be in trouble the second that sports shut down. Mm-hmm. Because the economy of sports, the amount of money being spent, the NBA, the NCAA March oh, yeah. Madness, well, the and NFL, I was, and I was wondering, like, all of it. When you th- when you just stop and think about the sheer dollar value, don't even think about the athlete salaries. Don't even think about the games, the ticket sales. Just think about the advertising revenue. And when you're willing to forgo that, holy shit, something's well, up. It was Comcast and Comcast and CBS. Mm-hmm. Both of those stocks just tanked. Yeah. As soon well, as those, as soon as all of those. As soon well, as all those no advertising in. revenue. Yeah, so they or can't, at least not the high price well, advertising revenue. Well, you can't. You, how can you charge money? You can't charge that kind. You can't charge NCA March Madness money for no way. Walker Texas Ranger reruns, despite no, how awesome Chuck Norris is. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, anyways, we need to wrap this up because we, we talked forever. Yeah. Um, sorry to just cut it off like this because this is this dude, unfortunately is not one of our better episodes. Well, We're a little disjointed. Well, this I don't want to say that much, but the thing is, we had no form. And uh, hopefully you're entertained and maybe could learn something. Um, either way, we'll, this is a... Uh, we'll what? record again this week, and I promise we'll have notes this time. Well, we also we also won't be quite so uh, concerned about the fact that we may or may not be 
uh, no longer bartenders at the end of the week like we were this yeah. time. Well, so, either way, well, the or thing that, is, or we might know we're yeah. not bartenders anymore. Well, either way, the thing is, you know, no one knows what's going on. No one is extremely happy right now. No, and people are getting by, but it's like, you know, and I and I'm okay if anyone's wondering. No, you're not, but if you're wondering, I'm 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 totally fine. But uh, I'm also doing yeah. okay. But uh, the thing is, at the end of the day, like I said. Scotch tastes good. Pink Floyd music sounds good. And the NFL free agency is still so much fun to pay attention to, at least for me. So, you know, whatever it is, hang on to that. Have a good attitude. I love you all very much. So thank you for your endless support. And remember to always stay drunk and nomical, my friends. Cheers. That's a fun episode. I don't know if, I don't know if we had a fucking point, but... <laughs>